0: Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software, and that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing, and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built On Air podcast, season 13, episode eight. This is the final episode of this season. Uh, If you recall, we we mentioned at the beginning of the season that we're moving to an eight episode per season um, show. And so we'll take the month of March off and then we will be back in April. So we're excited to wrap things up. We've got Allie and myself, Dan, and we've got regular guest, Cherry back with us. Welcome, (laughs) Cherry. Thank you. Very good. And we may have Camille joining us mid-show, if she can make it, likely stuck in LA traffic. (laughs) So let's get started. As always, the Built on Air podcast is an hour-long show where we go through four different segments to keep you up to date with everything Airtable. We'll start with our around the bases of highlighting what people are talking about in the communities of Airtable. Then we'll do a quick spotlight on Ontware, our primary sponsor, and then Cherry will get an update on what's going on with Cherry, and I think she's got some exciting news for us. Yeah. And then I will talk through um, some automations. We're gonna we're gonna be automation heavy today. I'm gonna talk through um, some triggers and automations. And then a quick shout out to how to join our community, and then finally, Ali's gonna go through the new features and automations of looping. So, should be a fun show for us. With that, oh, we heard from Camille. She's having one of those mornings. Oh, no. she may not join us today. It's all right, Camille.
1: We'll miss you, Camille.
0: Yep. So, with our round the bases. Um, wasn't a whole lot of activity going on this week. A couple things we'll highlight. This one comes from um, our built-on-air Slack community. Um, Russell says this. Was, I, th- I thought this was interesting, worth bringing up. Um, he mentions that he's noticing that if you have a sync table, um, all of the fields, the the raw field in the synced side, is showing up as a long text field and wondering if that's new or if it's always been like that. It feels like it was new to Russell. Um, Do either of you know, have you been paying attention?
1: I've noticed that happens quite often on the first, like right when you start the sync table, a a fair amount formulas, um, even things that were like long text fields or excuse me, short text fields before. Get converted to long text fields, you can change it in the synced base. You can change the field type. Actually, speaking of, that's one of my favorite little tricks is you can if you change what was a formula field in the source base to a single select in the synced base, it's really cool because then you can pick your colors you want to use for charts and stuff.
0: But yeah, that is cool.
1: Um, but yeah, I actually have noticed recently that one of my fields that was a percent. Field in the source was also a percent field in the sync base, and then one day it changed. And I don't know when or how or why, but I flipped it back and it fixed all the stuff. But yes, I have noticed some weird behavior around this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel <laughs> like I've noticed it changed as well. But yeah, you kind of have that thing. Wait, has it always been like this, or is this new? <clears throat> mm-hmm. So if you are seeing that, yeah. I I don't know why that doesn't seem to make sense, but um, maybe there is some technical reason for that. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah. For me, sometimes they show up as uh, single line text fields or long text fields. It's not entirely consistent. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking at one of my bases. The email and phone number fields still got pulled in as email and phone number fields, but there are certainly some things that are wonky
0: yeah. Yeah, which is tricky. Um, <clears throat> if you're doing any API work, <clears throat> I've noticed this. We do we use the API quite a bit, and so if you're pulling the the field meta information about the sync table, um, one thing that I don't like is that you can't tell the difference between a synced field and a native, you know, yeah. field to the table. So you don't know which ones you can actually edit. Mm-hmm. Just tricky, but it's frustrating that it doesn't give you the actual field type if it comes over as a long text field. Agreed. So, room for improvement there. Hopefully, there's a. <clears throat> yeah, Jeremy says yeah for formula fields. That's right. For some fields, I think they've always come because um, you can't modify the formula on the on the destination. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense that those come over as text, but other field types, I don't think we're like that.
1: Yeah, this actually caused an issue for me. It's a, this is a bit of a tangent, but in Stacker, something really cool you can do in Stacker is add automatic links between tables, and those linked fields live in Stacker itself, so they don't actually touch Airtable. But this caused a problem for me one day when I was trying to set one up. So you basically can say, I want these tables to be linked together when this record ID matches this record ID over here. And because the record ID on the synced table was a long text, nothing actually matched up. Hmm. So it it worked only once I changed it to a single line text in the hmm. sync space, and then it worked. So it,
0: might, it might have had a slash n at the end or something. Something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah, lots of little tidbits with with synced uh, tables that you got to be aware of. All right, moving on another one from the built on air community. Um, Chris Talley um, posted a a tutorial I thought was worth sharing on um, an easy way to create a delete record action in Airtable automations. So there's a video walkthrough um, which I won't click through, but there's a Google doc and it's very cool. He shares um, a script that that you basically install inside of an automation. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about this is this this can work in any table. So I thought it was cool just kind of showcasing how that works. Um, What you do is when you set this up, you pass through the, the record URL and in that URL, it contains the base ID and the table ID. And so mm-hmm. he uses uh, regex here to extract the table ID. Um, and you don't need the base ID because you're already inside the base, but you could extract the base ID if you wanted. And then it, he also extracts the, the record ID um, from the URL. So you only have to pass in one variable. And then from there, then it basically then just deletes that, uh, that table. So it's kind of like a universal delete automation. So you basically set up a trigger that whenever you decide that that record should be deleted and then pass it in. And so this could work from, um, from any, any, uh, table, although you would have to set up an automation for each table, but the code would be the same. So easy to maintain. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. I like that. That's
2: a really good option for people who don't know how to use scripting and just to paste in the URL. Hopefully Airtable doesn't change the URL one day. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. They'll
0: yep. change I it do like, of. I do like how Airtable does their, their IDs. Their, yeah. you can tell like this table IDs always start with TBL records yeah. start with rec bases start mm-hmm. with app. Yeah. That's one thing yeah. that's a little bit different, but um I like that because, yeah, yeah, you can determine just off of the ID what what it's connected to. Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: And the new link of field feature is pretty nice. The field URL.
0: That's cool. I've yeah, that's using cool. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a nice trick. Thank you for uh, sharing that, Chris, with us. Um, next one. Another trick. This one comes from the table forums. Um, if you haven't signed up for table forums, they have reached their limit of, of founding contributors. So I saw Scott posted that, that they've reached their limit of 49. Um, so no more founding contributor badges, but um, we'll see what they come up with next. But but anyways, Justin um, shares a cool trick and also similar some, some code that you can just simply copy and paste. This is... Um, basically what it does is the the comment is to use IDs instead of names. If you're ever trying to update fields and things like that, because um, it's very common that you change your names, but the ID will always stay the same for that field. And so this is a nice script to extract all the IDs yeah. and generate a, a JSON that you can then easily reference um, those. And so then if you don't, uh, If you don't, or if you change the field names, um, then it won't break these scripts. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. So it gives you the code. Let's see right here. Yeah, so he has a link to to the code um, that you can use and it will generate all this uh, for you. And then you can just reference it in your script. Now, one thing though, sometimes you clone your field and then you want because you want to use like a new formula or something but you don't want to delete your old one so sometimes you want to keep the same name but a different id and then your script is referencing the old field that you might still keep around um, because you haven't deleted so sometimes you gotta you know think the other way of like okay if you're cloning a field and that's the new field you want you have to update your script to use the new id of the new field absolutely so I've run into that before
1: (laughs) me too I really wish I mean it's probably asking a lot but I wish the show dependencies thing like when you look like trying to inspect what a field touches if it could tell you if it was in a script that would be amazing but
0: yeah I I doubt
1: that's gonna happen
0: yeah very cool All right, so those are uh, some nice tricks that that are being shared in the different communities. Um, I don't think, I didn't see any new feature releases this week. I think we talked last week about uh, the latest changes. So I think it was relatively quiet on new features. I think so. Um, So the next topic, the next two things, this is where we get, um, you know, I think it's worth sharing... There's been a lot of talk on two different areas that I think are worth talking about. I think everybody here is a huge fan of Airtable, but when there's room for improvement, I think we could have a an honest dialogue and with the intent to hopefully try to see if there's ways that, that we as a community can, can help Airtable because when Airtable improves um, it helps all of us involved. And so so there's two main things um, that have been brought up and I feel like these are recurring themes. So I felt like it was, it was worth um, mentioning. One is um, the response time for customer support um, from Airtable. Lots and lots of people I'm just seeing across the board of just being very slow response times from Airtable's report. The other one, um, a new thread on Reddit talking about the sales response time for even for enterprise sales and just being very slow to get back to people who are saying you know give me a, or a take my money i'm ready to to sign up for enterprise <laughs> still not getting a response time and so yikes i don't know thoughts on if, if you're seeing this what how, how can what can we do to to help their table or help them get the message that the community is is seeing you know chinks in the armor <clears throat>
1: Yeah. Geez. It's crazy. I've I've had a similar um, experience as Russell did and looks like Scott as well. I had reached out to enterprise support about an issue, got an automated response saying that they were taking longer than expected to respond to support tickets. Then I got a couple days later an email that was like, Did we solve your problem? We hope you helped. And I was like, No, you didn't you never even reached out again. But as soon as I responded to that and was like, you didn't actually address my issue at all they were like oh yeah of course here and, and they helped me and they were very helpful but yeah it's it's disappointing um hopefully they can get their uh, cadence pick back up
0: yeah yeah i mean clearly obviously we know that there was rounds of layoffs that that mm-hmm. likely you know had an impact here um yeah you know For hopefully me, there's though... a game plan in place if you work at Airtable and you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on to see how we can brainstorm to help or get insights, anything that you can share to help um, reduce some of the concerns and fears. Even in this thread, there's, you know, suggestions of of looking elsewhere and alternatives. So hopefully Airtable, this is high on their priority list because, you know, I, I hope that they're tracking this type of data and and seeing um, lack of response time and, and frustration with their customer base because it, it definitely is there. I know I have it on the consulting side with clients um, having to help you know push through on the sales side and things like that. So it, it is real.
2: Yeah, usually I find with support, the regular Airtable support isn't as helpful. Like a lot again, a lot of did you read our documentation and the link back? And usually like, yes, I've read the documentation. I know generally how this is supposed to work. Um, But enterprise support I've found, I do get the we're slower than usual emails, but generally someone responds to me after two or three days. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So that, I think just by nature of having an enterprise, it's a little bit different first that do have access and then on the sales and I think that has always been an issue um I've definitely had clients like long before 2022 wanting to buy enterprise and it it was a really long time before they could reach out to anyone and often I had to reach out on their behalf to someone at Airtable and then they connected me with someone from the sales team
0: yeah yeah yeah, so anyways, hopefully hopefully, this is being addressed and there's a game plan in place on Airtable, yeah. um, maybe at the Dare Table conference with people <laughs> invading Airtable's headquarters, maybe that's something that, that can be addressed. Um, so if you're listening folks at Airtable, we we want more communication on that front. I think the community deserves that. <laughs> Um,
2: And also, if folks want to get their questions, I think Table Forums, which I know Scott was on the show last week, that's a good place to go. Um, I've also found the Airtable community to be a little bit quieter these days. So that's, uh, that's a Table Forums is a good place to go to get your questions answered. We're also trying to answer questions there, but Scott is very fast. So last week when we were looking for questions to answer uh he had responded to all of them already
0: yeah yeah if you have a question yeah scott is just sitting 24 7 waiting <laughs> okay. to answer questions <laughs> we love it yeah definitely go to tableforums.com <clears throat> yeah or the Slack community or Facebook community or Reddit, there's definitely places of, of active um, participants. You know, Those are probably the f- top four ones that, that I'm aware of. Um, but uh, yeah, so th- there is people out there willing to help. So yeah, if you see on the Airtable forums of, of lack of response, look elsewhere, There's there's definitely people out there. All right. That kind of uh, concludes any, any other highlights worth mentioning?
1: Quiet week. I think.
0: Yeah. So that's always good. That means maybe something big is, is in the works. We'll see what, what comes. We're still digesting the, the color palette changes and everything.
1: (laughs) And the list view. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there's, there's tweaks and improvements come into that.
1: can't wait i've got a list of things i don't like
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
1: but also a list i do i do yeah
0: Yeah. oh you know what there is one more worth mentioning i'll bring up um there was one there was one a post i think it's worth mentioning because i know they want more dialogue on the on the Airtable community um so we'll ask the same question that they asked although they didn't Sadly they did not get any uh, responses, which is very sad. Um, Where is it? Okay, question of the week. Oh, they did get a response since last time I looked. Okay, question of the week. What is the one thing you wish you knew when you started using Airtable? What do you think? Hmm. How to... All right. So Ben says, how to think about and approach data design, data structure. That's good. If you're new to database and how linked records work and things like that. Yeah,
1: that's definitely, that's, I think that's the biggest thing for anybody. Um, Also understanding views, and that kind of helps towards database design, because a lot of people don't understand a lot of th- something I'll notice a lot when people are working with a table or views and I go into a view and they're like, oh, but you have to go to that view because the field's not there. I'm like, no, the fields are on all the views. So it's they don't understand the difference between a view and another table.
0: Right. Wow, this is actually a really good response by Ben, yeah, lots of details. Holy cow. This is a uh, good tutorial. Love that. Well done. Good response, Ben.
2: <laughs> For me, something about Airtable. The answer changes, I think, if when I was starting to learn Airtable versus now. Um, I think if I were to answer that question now, it's getting an understanding of how. Um, Airtable is built because I think right now it's so easy to get started but without knowing the context very similar to what Ben is talking about like people might not know what a view is Ali like you were saying and they don't know what interfaces are used for it's just understanding all the features within Airtable and what's good for what so you don't end up building the same fields on every single table because you didn't know how to use a lookup or a roll-up field to summarize data. And we see that a lot. Um, And I think from a foundation level, when I was learning how to use Airtable, I wish I had gotten a better understanding of what databases were. I don't come from a technical background, so Airtable was so easy to get started with because it was very similar to spreadsheets, but I really didn't understand the relational aspect and what that meant until like, someone explained it to me, <laughs> basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, I'd probably say this is maybe outside of Airtable, the product, but I wish I knew what Airtable's roadmap was. That would have saved me many hours of building apps that then were obsolete because Airtable then came out with something similar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh that would have that would have been nice. Even now I wish I I'd had a better glimpse into what is on the roadmap for our table. I do have a little mm-hmm. bit more insight than I did when I started, but it's still a gray box. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. All right. That's good for our round the bases. Let's move on to on to air. Speaking of which, many apps that, that we built on to air um, are as less critical as they once were in one time because of Airtable features that came out, but we still have some very useful applications that can be used in your business. So if you run your business on Airtable, you definitely need to check out Onto Air. And I know Cherry is a big fan of Onto Air, uses it with her clients. <laughs> we always appreciate that. Um, for today, wait, Deb, um, before was you gonna move showcase. So we did push a few updates. We actually are moving forward with our forms. We are still in a private beta. There's two more things that we need to get right before we release it public. But we've, we've gone one step closer where um, if you want to sign up, you actually can get instant access. You do have to fill out a form to give us a little bit of context of how you're using it. Um, but then you will be able to get direct access in before we were only letting people in batches at a time. Um, so we've kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit more. So we're getting closer to a public release. Um, once we get a couple, couple features ironed out, but we're moving, move, move, moving forward. Um, and then one thing that we added, <clears throat> let's see, uh, we updated our, we updated our, uh, our icons. So we we are using the same icons now as as Airtable. So now we're in sync with the changes of of Airtable. Um, So that got pushed over the weekend along with a couple other um, enhancements. So the other thing is we're actually um, worth mentioning is our conditional logic is now live for everybody. So this was um, beta invite only or access uh, upon request. Now this is available to everybody. So conditional logic, being able to show, hide, or update field values based off of conditions of other fields, it's a mini Zapier inside of your form. So it's um, pretty cool, pretty powerful. So you can check that out if you've been using our forms. Now you can find the conditional logic available to you. All right. With that, Sherry, why don't you give us an update? What's going on? What's new in your world?
2: Before I get started, Dan, the conditional logic on the forms is awesome. Thank you. Thank for you. To that. That's, Glad yeah. to hear that. Check it out. That's so good. <laughs> our clients are very happy and our oh, team was very happy. Oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So thanks for having me on the show again. Um, I'm going to share my screen in just a moment, but our very exciting news uh, is that we launched our Airtable Mastery course. We're still in our soft launch phase, um, but I'm really, really excited to share it with folks. Um,
0: and so maybe, maybe before we jump into that, give us some context. So you run a consulting group and, yeah. and tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, so for those who don't know, I'm Cherry. I'm the founder of AirOps Consulting, and we basically do full-service Airtable Consulting, anything from database design, implementation, maintenance, um, third-party tools, uh, custom uh, scripting. Uh, We work with clients from all around the world, and from every single industry pretty much like I know way too much about construction and entertainment industries so that I've never worked in before um but yeah it's a really exciting journey um we've I've had this company for 3 years and probably have been using Airtable for about 6 years now um and over our last five years doing consulting work, it's become very apparent that people don't know the context of Airtable and they want to learn and it's really hard to get help from Airtable support or they spend hours researching on forums and on Facebook groups um, only to build something that they're not super happy with. And that's usually when people reach out to uh, consultants like Dan, and Ali, and I. So the purpose of this course is really to help people with the context, show them what they don't know about Airtable yet and what exists so that they feel confident building Airtable in a strategic and scalable way. And I think I'm not alone in saying that when a lot of our clients come to us, they have a database that's not built correctly from the start. So we end up having to spend a lot of time and energy fixing what they've built. So the course is intended to be very comprehensive. Like it's what I wish I had learned when I was, if I had to like start learning Airtable again. So that's really how we set up this course. Um, And yeah, that's, I also uh, do it. Yeah, you wanna
0: too. you wanna share it with us?
2: <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um so let me present. Let me see.
0: Here we go. Hopefully it does not there we go. All
2: right. So there's our landing page for the course. It's our website um, slash airtable dash mastery, and the course itself I was sharing has three modules. It's split up into exactly how uh, we would do a consulting project. So we would do the design upfront, do the implementation, and then um, after that. Build any interfaces or reporting um, and any third party tools. So it's very aligned with how we would approach any of our client projects. Um, We're anticipating more than 70 video lessons. They're very high production quality. (laughs) I filmed in this room for, I think, close to 200 hours of filming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it's really been a labor of love and just we're really excited about sharing our knowledge with other people and help other people build and grow their teams and companies. Um, It's myself and my employee Chantal who teach this course and we're both really passionate about teaching and sharing our knowledge with folks. And yeah, just all around very excited. When, uh, um,
0: when did you when did you start working on this?
2: Uh last summer. So when the color scheme changed, I was not very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But I mean, all the material is there. Um, and If a few colors change, it doesn't really impact the content. Um, So yeah, we go through a very extensive kind of how to design your database because I think this really is the most important part to making sure that the automations work and your interfaces are laid out properly. Um, So it's really important to design that base appropriately. And we go through conversations that you need to be having with your team designing this database and uh, what sorts of um, topics to cover, what kinds of questions to ask. So um, it is really intended for that internal Airtable champion who wants to like set their team up for success. And then the second piece is the implementation. So we'll talk through um, formulas, views, uh, automations, and reporting as well. Reporting is a big one. I think there's so many different ways to approach reporting inside of Airtable. So we kind of cover all the different ways and when and why should you use this method for reporting versus another, like between tables and interfaces, etc.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then cool. last but not least, uh, we talked about Uh, interfaces and uh, the different ways to kind of disseminate information inside of Airtable, whether that's through third party tools like Pori um, or Stacker. Um, We also do a section on onto air (laughs) and talk about why we use onto air and why we love it. Um, So I think that was really important. We included that because we create so many documents and use forms. Side of volunteer i hope that's a nice surprise for you dan i don't think i let you yep. know
0: <laughs> what we
2: were including in the course um and lots of information on interfaces as well yeah awesome. so it's meant to be very comprehensive like we really understand that like not everyone has a huge budget for doing projects or um some people might want to just go and learn at their own pace. So this is our way of sharing knowledge, but also making airtable like good strategic airtable design build outs more accessible. Um yeah, and I mean our team has I'm so grateful for our team for filming with me and editing and it's just amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah i just seeing all that like there is a lot of work behind all this that's a lot of material
2: yeah
0: Yeah. Um, props to you for getting through all that oh yeah you know
2: it's great because we also can now use this material for internal training and onboarding so it's both for our team internally and for our clients so we wanted to create something that we would also use ourselves Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. So they can find you airopsconsulting.org.
2: Yeah. And then slash Airtable Mastery. And I think just to wrap up um, with two things, Um, throughout the course, we teach the course with a database, a project management database. So every single thing, that's covered in those topics, like, for example, automations. We have a series of automations built um, that was meant to showcase, for example, how to send out um, a daily digest at the end of the day, um, how to send calendar invites. And we also show uh, lots of different interface options um, so that people can learn as they're watching. And last but not least, I think, with any course, and with learning Airtable, it's really important for whoever is thinking about taking a course to decide you know how they want to be spending their time, whether it's googling different answers for a lot of hours um, on end, or just knowing that they have a resource or a library uh, where they can watch videos that are going to answer their questions faster and sooner and in a more targeted way. Um, Oh, and I'll share our story. So the other reason why we wanted to create the course um, is I have a lot of these coaching calls where, you know, for example, um, like hedge fund, hedge fund manager was super shocked that I fixed this issue that he's been researching for multiple days, in five minutes, because it just takes someone to explain linked fields and roll-up fields in a way that's understandable and he'll just under like get it immediately. And I think both Chantal and I have a knack for explaining things and making them digestible. So those moments where like the person is telling me, Oh wow, cherry just saved me so much time, that's like a really magical moment that we also wanted to give as part of this course
0: very cool so people will get access to the base itself where they can look at does that come Um, with the
2: yeah you know what they they probably could we'll share it yeah if any of our students ask we'll share it like so far it's just the videos that um we provide but i don't see why not
0: I would just think that would be useful to mm-hmm. see the video and then tinker yeah. with it afterwards. It'll, yeah. Awesome.
2: Congratulations. Thank you. Of
1: course.
0: Cool. All right, very cool. Thank you, Cherry, for showing and uh, hopefully um, get people coming your way and checking your out and your program. So that's very useful for people. Wanting to ramp up their skill set in Airtable. All right, let's move on. Let's play with some automations. So this one, this one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this one. Um, and I actually don't know the answer to this one, so we're gonna learn on the fly of how this works. So a question came up. I think I know the answer, but I haven't proven it. So we're gonna. We're gonna experiment and see see what what the answer is, and I bet both of you know the answer to this. Um, so we'll see. But so uh, an issue came up where with a client, um, and they wanted to set up an automation that triggered when a specific field updated, but that field was a linked record field, and so we started to to ask the question of what's considered an update of a linked record field is it only if you change uh what records are linked in that field or does it change if anything inside of that linked record is updated and because they wanted it to trigger whenever anything inside of the linked record records um was actually updated they wanted this trigger that was triggered at the at the parent level um to trigger and so I was like, "You know what? I think I know how it behaves, but I actually haven't tested that. So let's test it live and see what happens. Yeah, so I've got a, just a sample base here, and we've got our campaigns, and campaigns are linked to um, content. So a campaign, so a marketing campaign has has content associated with it. And so I've, I'm setting up an automation um testing link record updates and so in this one so we're at the 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 parent level the the campaign level and we want this record to trigger whenever um information inside of the related content from from the the linked record is updated and we're just gonna do just an update just to show that it was actually updated um, and we'll see what happens. So I'm gonna turn this guy on and let's look back at the data. So we've got our record here, best vacation ever. And this has related content. Um, It's got four different things. And so clearly I'm pretty sure if I added a new item here um, that should trigger and then update this because this this is clearly updated so there we go. That's been updated. So that did work. Now um, Next, I want to test to see what happens if you reorder. Does that trigger? <laughs> so let's see. What's your guess? Does that re-trigger it? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right. Okay. So if you reorder the, the links, um, then that does trigger it. Then clearly, if you deleted something that that that's likely going to trigger it. So adding, reordering, um, deleting, those are those are the obvious ones that that are going to trigger that. Now let's look at um, changing something. So let's go in here and. Change the actual content inside of the linked record. What's going to happen?
1: Nothing.
0: Nothing. That was that was my guess. That's that's what I figured um, happened, and it looks to be correct. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And what if you change the coffee packaging?
0: Right there, you go. If you change the name. See. Oh, so the name does. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and there's just in just a second after you are mentioning the same thing he was before. Okay, so if you change the name, then it does do that. So the primary field, uh, or the whatever is your primary field. Um, so sometimes I wonder if, if it was a formula. Would it uh, update if mm-hmm. the formula changed? Let's change this to a formula. I'm gonna duplicate this real quick and then change this guy to a formula that just references the name copy. Okay, that might break other stuff I've got going on, but we're gonna test it. (laughs) All right, so now change that guy. So now the formula reference change. Okay. So formula, if a formula updates, Mm -hmm. then it will still trigger it. Yes. So that is um, good insight. So yeah. So if you need it to trigger off of um, data inside of your linked record, then you maybe set up the automation on the other table, on the child table, or you could do a roll-up or a lookup of the values that you want. Um, or if you could, you could set the, the primary key as a formula that, that is referencing those fields that, that you want updated.
1: You could also roll up a last modified time field mm-hmm. from the child table that's looking at just the fields you want.
0: That's, that's probably a better approach. Yep. Yeah. So then, yeah. So just bring up that date and then whenever that date changes, then that could trigger at this level.
1: One thing I've noticed about updating about the when record updated trigger is say you have data coming in from a form and you're setting that primary field or forget about the parent child relationship. Right it does not re- It does not trigger the automation if a record is created with that value already in the field. So if a record comes in and you've got a value in a field that you're waiting for that to update or the triggers watching that field, it will not trigger until you've made a second update to that field.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: So
2: in those cases, would you create the record with the form and then have an automation to update a field right when that's
1: created you could, you could. yeah mm-hmm. unfortunately it's i haven't really found a good solution to get around that but rarely am i using the one record updated mm-hmm. trigger just because i don't trust it but yeah
0: that's the yeah. other thing is yeah you could there's other ways you could do it um you could use a view and 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 just use the view filters or groups i know some people discourage that because it's easier to change the yeah. the filters in a view versus in an automation yeah. um but yeah there's other ways you could go about doing it
2: you can just set up meet certain conditions as well like if you're
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's that's the other one yeah is when it met conditions so Cool, but worth um worth experimenting just so you know the, the underlying sometimes we think it's obvious, like oh this field changed, why isn't it triggering? But you gotta right. understand what it's actually listening to, um, and mm-hmm. things like that. So
1: that's a helpful experiment. Thank you, Dan.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what Scott said, is what I was
0: talking about. Right. There we go. Uh doesn't consider brand new records from a form as updated records. Nice. Yeah, that, that can be frustrating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Let's move on. Quick shout out before we get to the final segment. Built on air community. We'd love to have you in. If you're not already in, join us at builtonaircom join. That gets you into the Slack community. It's free to join um, as well as the newsletter and we'd love to have you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we're trying to get that up to a thousand. So we're looking for a few more subscribers to get us to that, to that point. So find us on YouTube, Built On Air and youtube.com slash at Built On Air. We'll get, get you to our channel. With that, Allie is gonna walk us through some more fun new features and automations.
1: Yay. All right. So this is a super exciting new feature. um, One that is allowing me to reduce the number of automations that I have um, in a lot of different use cases. Um, The one I'm going to go over today is sending an emailed report to several different people or records um, in a base. So we've, we've gone over several examples on how to do this on this show. I know we had Ben and Scott Scott came on and demoed a couple different methods a while back. Um, But this is a way that Airtable now has built in to be able to do all of this within one automation, which is super cool. So I've got this base here. I have a list of vehicles here and they are each linked to an audit representative. So if I go to my audit groups table, these are the records that I wanna generate a report, say every week that is gonna send It'll send to my email address for all of them, um, but it'll send that person that's in charge of these vehicles a list of all the vehicles and their status and et cetera. So previously, I would use I used to have two automations set up to do this. One would be at a scheduled time, and I have a field in here called like trigger weekly digest, where at a scheduled time I would run a script that would go through and mark all of these to send and then that would trigger a second automation to go and actually get the report sent out. But now we can do that all within one automation, which is super, super cool. So I'm gonna jump into the automations panel and I'm gonna create a new automation and we'll call it send report. And my trigger is gonna be at a scheduled time. So let's say we wanna do this once a week on about monday mornings at 11. that sounds good to me and i'm going to grab from here our new uh language here we could use advanced logic or action and i'm going to use the advanced logic of a repeating group which is the new feature which essentially is going to allow me to loop through a certain amount of things and actually I, i just I went too far ahead of myself. First, I need to find the records that I want to uh, loop through, right? So I want to be able to say, all right, I I have these nine records that are linked to the company vehicles, and I want to send nine different emails. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to find the records that I want to send my emails to. So I'm going to pick the table, audit groups. And in this case, I'm just going to use a view, Um, but typically I use conditions where I'd say, you know, I have an email to send to, and somebody has actually vehicles linked to them. Um, But let's just go with audit groups for weekly digest. I think that's the one I was on. No, it wasn't, but that's fine. This will work just as well. So when I test this action, I should find nine records. I've Got one, two, blah, 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 all the way down. And now that I've found those records, now I'm going to add my repeating group, right? So this, because this is outside of this repeating group set, this is only going to happen one time. And after that, we're going to go into our loop from the list of records that we found. So when I go to select my input list, I'm gonna to go to my find records step and then I'm just gonna say use as list. And what that's gonna do is let me loop through each one of those one at a time. So the first step now that I'm in my loop is I wanna find records on the company vehicles table based on a condition. And just for austerity sake, I have this record ID as a formula for my audit group. And I also have that record ID looked up, or I have it rolled up so that it comes in as a string um, on the company vehicles table. So that way I can compare the audit group that I'm on to the vehicles that are linked to them. So how that looks is I'm going to say where audit group or audit rep record id contains a dynamic value oh wait current item so this is cool so now that current item repeated group source is right at the top um so this airtable record id is actually going to be the first record id of the audit rep that we're looping through and so that's all i really need to do for that i could add other Um, conditions, like maybe I don't want, you know, uh, where something's lost or disposed or not in service. Now, when I run the test, so we can see here, I don't know which one. I must be on KBR audit set is what I've picked up for my first group here. And then I'm gonna add one more action, just to send an email. And if I look for the email address, that's tied to that audit rep. Um, we'll say vehicle report. And then let's just go with the name. And then I can put in here I want to find my grid, you can say I want my stock, year, make model color, let's just go with that for now. And if I look at my preview, just going to send a very quick email just showing all of the vehicles that are tied to that audit rep. So now if I turn this, actually, let's just oh, you can't test with a repeating group. That's interesting, actually. Interesting. That's super interesting. Um, so apparently, we can't really see it run unless I decide to change this to 12 (laughs) o'clock. Um, that's kind of a bummer. But I didn't,
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, but that's okay. I know it will work. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so basically this would send nine different emails at 11 AM on Monday. So just to recap, I'm finding the records that I want To send the emails to. And then for each one of those records within the repeating group, I'm finding the records that are linked to the person I want to send the email to and sending that email.
0: Justin says you can test the individual pieces, just not the whole automation.
1: Right. Exactly. So, yeah, very, very cool.
0: That's cool. It's a different cuz most people probably think oh i want to loop through my linked record records and but you can't quite do that yet you, you can't loop through individual you know array field types but this is basically the how you do that by doing the matching mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah
1: i think you can you can loop through A lookup or linked record field. Um, But you would probably need to go find the record as your first step. Right? Like if you're looping through a list of linked records, that's an array. You need to find that record first to go get any information about it. But. Interesting.
2: That's super cool. I like the find step at the beginning.
0: So Scott says you can, so that's kind of yeah. what you were saying. You can. So you can feed a linked record into the repeating action. Okay. Yeah. So couldn't you, so you could have done that by just looping because aren't all those records that you were finding, those yeah. were in the linked record.
1: Right. Yeah. I could, if I wanted to like, here, let me, I can present really quickly again. Um, Oops. And now I'm sharing my whole thing. Nope. I'm not. So say that instead my trigger was, this is not gonna be the same kind of thing, but when record matches conditions, where report, what's called trigger, it send, and then I can start a loop based off of the company vehicle's linked record field. Gotcha. And so then, what I was talking about here is if I wanted to get any information about that company vehicle, I would need to go actually find mm. the company vehicle.
0: So it doesn't pull in the the linked record fields.
1: Right. It only pulls in the list of IDs. So gotcha. like,
0: this so you still, me still need to look up the data. Exactly. Yeah. But that only works, yeah, if you're triggered on a, whereas your your trigger was a scheduled. So that's why you needed to do the initial lookup. <clears throat> exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. That's great insight. Thank you, Allie, for sharing. And Cherry, thank you for joining. Best of luck with the new course.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Yay. Yep. And we will see everybody in a month. Enjoy your month off and we'll be back at the beginning of April with the new season. Take care, everyone.
2: Take care. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, Ontario.com. We will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast.